into the bridesmaids. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated, which provides management, publicity, and related services. The show website is nhte.net and has lots from all episodes, plus links to social media and podcast listening platforms. Do be sure that you have also signed up there for the weekly e-newsletter. It bears repeating from the last few episodes. This is an exciting time as the newsletter has been completely overhauled and the redesign was just recently rolled out. So be sure that you're on the list so you can see the brand new look of that, as well as, of course, all the content published there every Wednesday. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Montgomery, Alabama, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar, and piano player who has put out two new singles this year. The pandemic being in the rearview mirror, she is definitely back performing with 11 live show dates in June and 11 more in July, with a booking even as far out as December already. On her recordings, she has been working with two of the industry's top songwriters and producers, who we will hear about today. She has performed at numerous venues and events, ranging from opening for Luke Combs, Easton Corbin, and Thompson Square, among others, to playing at B.B. King's. She will also be hosting her first charity golf tournament real soon, which we'll also hear about today. You've been hearing a song of hers called Bridges. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Cameron Dubois. Hello, everybody, and hello, Bruce. Hi, Cameron. Nice to quote-unquote meet you. Nice to meet you, too, and thank you so much for having me on. You bet, you bet. With as busy as you are, especially with all the live shows you're playing, I'm grateful that you made time to talk with me today. Let's get started by having you tell the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called Bridges, especially since I was talking over it and they couldn't hear the lyrics as clearly as you and I both would have liked. (laughs) Yeah, so Bridges is a, a song I wrote out in Nashville. Uh, I wrote it like right right when I graduated. I hit the ground running, songwriting back and forth out of Nashville from my hometown, Montgomery, Alabama, and started working with a phenomenal singer-songwriter, Britton Cameron. And he came to me with this idea, uh, let the bridges I burn light the way. He'd seen it at a, at a party he had just been to at a friend's house. And I was like, heck yes, let's write towards this. And we we wanted to write something fun and like a, a fun kind of storyline, so we kind of went with a, a runaway bride theme. And basically, the uh, the message of the song is, you know, we all potentially make mistakes uh, and and possibly burn bridges in our lives because we're human. But and, you know, you you wouldn't be where you are today without it. And it's honestly just saying learn from those mistakes and celebrate where you are right here, right now in this in in this moment that you're at. And um, yeah, it's it actually hit uh, over a million views uh, on Facebook, which I was really excited to hear. And uh, it's it's doing really well. It's honestly one of my favorites. And uh, I actually um, recorded it in uh, during COVID because I'd had the song since the summer of 2017. Wow! And kind of sat on the song for a little while, and I had a lot of people when I, just work, that I worked with in the industry and musicians, and they would ask for some songs I'd written, like demos tracks, and that one kind of stuck out to everybody. 
And so we actually ended up recording it right north of Montgomery, Alabama during COVID. And uh, Bill Hines, who used to be a Sessions player in Muscle Shoals, he produced it. And I just, I love it because it's got a very Southern rock country feel. I grew up on country. I grew up on Southern rock and they both really had my heart. So I'm just uh, thankful to have a song out there to really showcase me as an artist. Yeah. And I like that it's an up-tempo song that kind of counteracts the fact that it's not the most fun message that we all want to acknowledge, that we all have burned some bridges. You mentioned the concept of a runaway bride. I think if someone just heard those words, if they just heard that description without hearing the song, they would think, oh boy, this must be a real heavy ballad. And in fact, you turned it into something up-tempo that I don't want to say you can have fun with, but again, it's not something that's going to tug at your heart and make you feel regret for the mistakes that we've all made. Yeah, and and I personally relate to it, you know, not story-wise because I've never been a runaway bride, but (laughs) I do relate in a sense in the fact that when I graduated, you know, I I had a job offered to work that nine-to-five job, and I had a lot of people uh, really support me and say, hey, you know, you should give music a shot. And so, you know, some people are, you know, think you're crazy going after what is a dream, but in fact, it's been the most amazing journey so far. I've met so many incredible people in the industry and honestly, I don't regret one minute, but in that moment I was like, "Mm, do I regret, you know, not taking that nine to five chasing after a dream? But uh, honestly, it's been a blessing. Okay. This, this is fascinating to me. I did not know this about you. So when did you graduate and where were you with music at that point in time that you were considering an office job, and yet you had enough behind you that people said you should give music a shot. What had you done musically up to that point? And again, like I said, when was this crossroads that you reached? Well, okay, so I've I've always played music, and but actual like playing shows, I didn't really get to in college. I uh, started out doing competitions, and then people who were out, you know, doing the route, right, uh, playing shows asked me to come in and sit on some songs and then eventually I met uh, people who you know wanted me to play so I I played shows while I was still studying in college Mm -hmm. and um, I was uh, studying studying uh, civil engineering um, over there and specialized in environmental and I was interning with a company out of uh, Hoover Alabama Uh, the, the company's all over the place but the company closest to me was in Hoover and, um, but I was playing shows at night and, you know, I was traveling, like when I was in school, I'd be, you know, I'd be like doing lab reports while I was on a, on the way to a show or a gig. And honestly, my heart was with music, but I never really saw it as a career. I just thought it was going to be something, you know, that was uh, a side job for me. And when I got to my senior year, I did a competition in uh, Pigeon Forge. It's called NACMA. And there was a guy giving a seminar. His name's Bernard Porter. But uh, at NACMA, they have these jam sessions that they do every every night when you're up there. And basically, you go into a little room, and you sit in a circle, and it's like, you know, probably about 20, 30 people. And I went and sat down and actually sat right down right next to him. And he was like, he, he slipped me his card after he heard me sing and was like, hey, you know, I think you got what it takes because mm. I've been in this industry. And he goes, just check me out. He said, I'm giving a seminar tomorrow. Come to my seminar. 
And so me and my dad uh, were, because my dad was traveling with me um, at the time, he, uh, I brought him in and uh, we went and watched the seminar and we talked to him afterwards and he was like, you know, I really think your daughter should give this a chance, give it a year. He said, I can introduce you to a lot of people in the industry. And so I sat down with my, both my parents and honestly, they were so supportive wow. of me, uh, you know, chasing after this. And they're like, well, you, well, do you want to give it a shot? And I said, absolutely. Cause that's <laughs> what it was. But honestly, uh, I, I had a job uh, offer in Charleston to work that civil engineering job and I actually turned it down or, or I just I, I started doing music full time out of that and there was times where I was like mm, am I going to regret this because you know in, in the midst of things you never know if you're going to be successful sure. in the industry sure. but sure. in the in uh, right now where I'm at right now I, like, I'm so thankful that I did you know chase this dream because I've oh, met yeah. so many people it's been an awesome experience and I've just I've enjoyed every single minute Fantastic. even like I don't get tired of shows and you I love what I do so. Fantastic fantastic and how ironic it is that you mentioned civil engineering just 2 weeks ago on episode 381 David Franz talked about the fact that when he was in college he was studying industrial and systems engineering and lo and behold goes on to the career that we talked about on that interview that he has had uh, listeners, I'll put a link to that interview on the show page for Cameron's episode on nhte.net. In the meantime, what do you think, everyone? Michael Jackson's Thriller, Led Zeppelin II, Abbey Road by The Beatles, Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. You're going, what is what is Bruce talking about? What are all these album titles that he's listing off? Is one of these the greatest album of all time, or is it something else? Those four and several other albums have been discussed by Derek and Gia Smith, on the weekly episodes of their show called The Greatest Album of All Time Podcast. If you're obsessed with albums, love dissecting them, listening to them over and over again, and want to hear a couple podcast hosts do the same, then The Greatest Album of All Time Podcast is for you. Each week, they pick a famous album, discuss it at length, and decide whether it should be included in the talks of Greatest Album of All Time. Derek and Gia take a deep dive into each album, have special guests, and they have a whole lot of fun. Check out the Greatest Album of All Time podcast on Spotify and Podbean. You will be hooked. Cameron, the song that you were talking about that we played at the beginning called Bridges, I had to watch the video for it because I read that you said that in making that video, there were almost three near-death experiences. <laughs> okay. All right. So, first one, if you go watch the video in the beginning, I'm wearing the veil, and I'm running out of the church, and I'm tossing the veil off. And the way the camera's angled, you can't tell, but that sidewalk is very small, and then it's the road, and it's like a little cross crosswalk. And I'm in hills trying to you know, reenact the scene and throwing mm -hmm. down my veil. And, and, you know, when you're trying to put that emotion in, like you get kind of scared cause you're, you're all, you got like just so much space before you hit that road. And I almost tripped into the road on mm. uncommon traffic, but I had a friend <laughs> stop me. So that, uh, that helped. Um, and then, uh, when we shot it, uh, cause we shot it in a few areas, we shot it in Nashville, but also in uh, uh, Leaper's Fort. And um, so there's a scene where I'm driving in the car 
And that's another thing is we, I had my camera crew in the car. So it was all of us and me and they were shooting and we were on a two lane road. And, um, you know, again, I was trying to put the motion in while watching the road. Well, I took one look off the, you know, off the road and we hit a dip mm. and I, if we weren't in a big truck, we probably would have flipped the thing and, and <laughs> really bad. So, um, I think <laughs> the good Lord must've been looking out for us there. I mean, I know he was because it was, it was scary. Like we all had to take a break. Like we stopped the car and we're like, okay, let's just all take a breather. <laughs> let's just let's let's take like 15 minutes to just you know recover and it was <laughs> it was an interesting uh, uh like experience but we in the end we laughed it all because we all were okay and we we made sure we weren't gonna that i was gonna drive the uh, truck anymore after that so <laughs> our little scene and that was it <laughs> after that josh the videographer uh josh sigma he was like, yeah, I think I'll just use what we already had because I don't want to. I don't <laughs> this again. So. And what was the third? Oh, I'm trying to think. The third, I, I know. Where where was the third? And I'm also trying to keep the wheels turning in my head to determine, you know, what are the teaching moments here for anyone who's listening who is an aspiring performer that hasn't made a music video and is thinking about it that, you know, the takeaway from the first one would be either maybe you shouldn't have been wearing heels or or B, yeah. you know, maybe if you're going to wear heels to kind of test it out a little bit to see like, okay, how much distance do I have? How am I going to hold up running in these things? And the second one, just kind of an, an awareness that if anyone's out there that, like I said, is an aspiring performer who's going to be making a music video, if you're going to be doing a car shot, like learn from Cameron and understand that it's one thing to be in character, but it's another thing to understand that you still kind of have to concentrate on the road. And, oh, by the way, there's going to be all these people in the car with you. So it is something that is probably a scene you have to prepare for a lot more than you think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. And I, and I would, like, after that, we, it was a learning experience for all of us. Because um, I, I, it, it was a smaller video that we did. Um, and and honestly, yeah, you do have to be careful because there is a lot of dangers that that come with it. And uh, you got to make sure you take those seriously and just, you know, starting out doing it for the first time. We I guess we weren't really thinking in the moment, but it was definitely an experience that from here on out with videos, I make sure, you know, we run through it before we video and make sure test it out to where is this safe for us to do or not. Yeah, you sit around and you have this meeting where you plan out each scene and you say, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen here? And in the church scene, you're going, well, Cameron could fall. (laughs) How do we prevent that? How do we prevent her from falling? So I introduced you as being in Alabama, but I read that you first developed your craft in Nashville. So are you from Alabama, but maybe moved or went back and forth to Nashville? Or are you from Nashville, but eventually moved to Alabama? Actually... So I was born in Georgia, but when uh, my parents moved when I was six months old to Montgomery, Alabama, and I grew up there, and um, after college, I came back and was living at home at the time with them, and I was hitting the road to Nashville a good, like, almost every other week. I was up there writing and and, uh, recording little demo sessions and just trying to get, get my craft going and really figure out who I was as an artist. And, um, it's been, it, it was, that, that's where I started out as far as like, like working with songwriters, um, and really, you know, trying to 
develop as an artist. And where had college taken you to? To what city? Auburn, Alabama. So I went to Auburn University, so War Eagle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I mentioned in the intro that on your recordings, you've been working with two of the industry's top songwriters and producers. Share with the audience who those two individuals are, as well as how you got connected with each of them. Oh, so I, uh, I've been fortunate to get to work with uh, Michael Curtis and Cindy Walker and, out of Muscle Shoals, Alabama. And I actually got connected with them through Bernard, who was given the seminar when I right before I graduated. Ah. You're an Alabama girl. He goes, you really need to check out the Muscle Shoals scene. Um, and honestly, it was it was an eye-opening experience for me because I'd, I'd never heard of Muscle Shoals, Alabama at the time and um or i'd heard about it but i didn't know how many great hits came out of it and uh so i started working in muscle shoals songwriting and like recording demos and we finally had enough in our catalog to create my very first ep um and i mean it's amazing just getting to work in a city where uh where with so much history, I mean, I got to work with Cindy Walker, who was a Shoal sister. She's been on and worked with so many artists in the industry, as well as Michael Curtis, who is a songwriter, singer-songwriter himself, but a fantastic producer. Um, I mean, he, he used to work with Randy Travis and uh, um, still does, but uh, in a sense. But uh, anywho, it's it's been, it, it was, it's great because when you, when you think of, all the history like the the swampers and you think of who all's recorded their biggest hits out of there like aretha franklin and uh etta james uh the rolling stones and uh i mean so many otis redding uh bob seeger i mean i could go on (laughs) and it's just really cool to be a part of what was once the hit capital of the world I want to do a little housekeeping here because Cameron mentioned that Michael Curtis has worked with Randy Travis. His credits also include Fleetwood Mac and Blake Shelton. So I want you to understand, audience, that these are, in fact, some heavy hitters that she's been fortunate enough to align herself with. Clarify for us, Cameron, where you record, in Nashville or in Alabama, or is it maybe a combination of the two? It's kind of a combination. In all honesty, uh, my first EP, it was originally supposed to be recorded in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. But a few weeks before we were getting ready to record, something happened with the soundboard uh, at Wishbone Studios, which is the studio I was uh, working out of. And so we moved it. We ended up having to move the session up to Hendersonville, right north of Nashville, at Ricky Skaggs, and we laid down the majority of the tracks and some of the vocals up there. Uh, but then we, we came back down, because uh, with the soundboard, I mean, that was more for just the instruments itself at the time. Um, so we, we recorded all the instruments up there and a few vocals for some of the songs, and then I actually came back down to Muscle Shoals at Wishbone and recorded some vocals there for a few of the songs on my EP. So a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to talk about your sound. It's described as country slash soul slash rock. Plus, there's a quote from you that says, I grew up a child of the new generation of country music, but I also loved pop, rock, and R&B, and have always incorporated all of those styles into my live performance, end quote. 
So Cameron, when you say that, are you referring to throwing in some cover songs in your live performances, or do you really somehow manage to get elements of country, soul, rock, pop, and R&B all into your original music? And if it's the latter, where does one purchase the magic wand that makes that possible? <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that, well, it's actually, it's it, honestly, I, when I say I've incorporated it, I've incorporated all of that in you like cover songs in my live shows but if i were to say what my sound is like in my music it's it's mostly country with an influence of uh southern rock and a few of the songs and then country with a little uh soul r&b influence as well and it's honestly i mean i grew up in a you know world where i listened to pretty much everything and but my heart was in country music uh, throughout and uh, it's it, it, it honestly at first it was kind of really hard to find my sound because I was so used to playing you know so many different types of songs in my set list at shows and and at the time it's like so who are you really as an artist because you, you sing this you sing this and you sing this mm. uh, um, and and that's where I really kind of developed my craft as far as I got I got. I have a country twang when I sing. It's gonna come out if the song is like Bridges, Southern Rock, or if it's uh, Never Love Me Back, which is a song I wrote. That's a. It's a ballad and it's got a little bit of more soul feel to it. So uh, either way, you're gonna get my country twang through it. <laughs> so. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you described all that, but. I think it's very clear that you are getting the best of both worlds by doing recording in Nashville and in Muscle Shoals because you're getting some of the country that you're looking for out of Nashville and you're getting the influence of Muscle Shoals that's helping with the soul that you described and so many legends that have recorded in that part of the country. So I think it's to your benefit that you're kind of splitting your recordings into two different places because it is helping influence your music to get the sound that is true to who you are, it sounds like. It is, yeah. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Montgomery, Alabama by singer, songwriter, guitar, and piano player Cameron Dubois. Visit her official website at CameronDubois.com. I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. On her website, there is a long list of upcoming live shows, so do check that out and make plans to go see her perform in person. You will also see logos for the various social media platforms that Cameron is on, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, so do follow and engage with her on those. Her music is streaming on Spotify, so by all means, follow her on there too. However, the better way to support Cameron is to purchase downloads of her music from iTunes. There's a good amount of music from her on there to take a look at. Stay tuned as well for details that I'm going to have Cameron give out about a charity golf tournament that she is hosting soon. Some of you have come to this episode of Now Hear This Entertainment specifically just to hear Cameron, and thank you, but I hope you and even other listeners who are new will check out other episodes of my show, and of course, that you will hit the subscribe or the follow button wherever you regularly listen to podcasts. There have been a lot of great guests over the last seven plus years, so do check out some of the 380 plus episodes that have preceded this one, and stay with me for a new episode every Wednesday. Cameron, I'm fascinated by this story that I read about you joining an emerging artists program in which you began 
co-writing with hit songwriters in addition to working on furthering your guitar and vocal skills and working with a performance coach and stylist. This is an interesting potential teaching moment for the listeners who are aspiring performers themselves. Can you elaborate on all of that? Yeah, so uh, I I have been I was very fortunate to meet Bernard Porter, who has been in the industry forever and has made so many connections with producers, uh, songwriters, um, artists. I mean, everywhere in the industry, uh, anything that you can think of, the business aspect of it. And uh, when I met him at the seminar when I was a senior in college. Um, it really, and, and I talked to him, we talked about, you know, going through his program. It really helped me develop as an artist because I feel like if I would have started to do music, like without some help from somebody who has been in the industry to kind of guide me, I might have gotten really lost in the scene or um, maybe have never never really figured out who I was. And uh, mm-hmm. he actually introduced me to these songwriters who really pick at you and and people in the industry who really who really get to know you and 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 really figure out or help you figure out your craft and um, through it I've been able I mean I've been blessed to work with uh, fantastic songwriters um, some of them yeah I mean most of them have hits with other big artists on the radio so it was a very uh, it was it's been a great experience as far as really figuring out who I am, which is what his program is, is artist development, you know, really developing your craft in the industry. So when so. when I read the words performance coach and stylist, is it, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm a performance coach and stylist, or is it, no, Bruce, they're two different people. One person is a performance coach and one person is a stylist. Because when I hear stylist in the music sense, I'm thinking hmm, does she mean like hair and makeup and wardrobe or does she mean the style of her music? So again, is that two separate people or one? And if so, just elaborate a little bit more on the use of the word stylist. Well, honestly, a little bit of both. Like there's some that could do it all. But uh, when I, like, as far as like stylist, uh, I, I took it as like, for instance, I, I did a photo shoot out of it. And, and, and I got to, I was very fortunate to get to work with Pam Tillis who is a country uh, artist herself? Yeah, and uh, she has a great artistic, like visual, visually artistic sense uh, as far as uh, photo shoots and what to wear stylistically that fits your sound. Um, and and also, you know, working with different photographers and so I mean, you get to work with. It's like some of them, they can do it all. And then sometimes, I, you know, the, uh, well, honestly, both my photo shoots were done by her or all my, all of my sh- photo shoots were done by her. So, uh, she helped me, uh, figure out who I was like with wardrobe and backdrop to really, uh, put with my music that, you know, stylistically all together created a package. Yep. Yep. I see it. I see it. I like that. And, and I, myself, have told people before, be true to who you are as an artist, including the style of your music, meaning if you're a jazz singer, don't show up to a TV interview wearing cowboy boots because people are going to say, I'm confused. What style of music does this person perform just based on the way that they're dressed? Yeah. I mentioned back in the intro that you've released two new singles so far this year. Is that going to be it for 2021 or is there more new music still yet to come as well? 
There is music yet to come in the works. I'm so excited to release uh, these these next few that I have. And I, I usually release them one at a time as a single, but there is music coming. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about. Are you at liberty to give the date of, say, the next one that will come out? Are you at liberty to say how many more songs there will be this year? Are you at liberty to say what stage these are at, meaning have they been written, recorded, produced the whole nine yards or varying stages, or, or what, what can you or can't you say as of today? Yeah, so I have uh, I have two new songs I, I recorded uh, with Bill McDermott, who's a producer in Nashville, and we recorded it up there. And uh, one of them is uh, one of them is a song I wrote with uh, a good friend of mine, Rick Hansen, and uh, he's out of Montgomery, Alabama, with the band Bama Sound. And when COVID hit, they really took me under their wing, and uh, and I started songwriting. I mean, we we've written over a hundred songs. Mm. COVID started and we haven't recorded them all, <laughs> but we definitely have written over a hundred songs just since COVID. Wow. And this one song in per- particularly we wrote, uh, his, his mom is battling with, uh, dementia and, um, and, and it, it was tough for him. And, and he came to me with the majority of like the lyrics to the song and melody. And I kind of took it and added a bridge to it and added my own kind of twist melodically on it. And, uh, and and sent it back to them, and uh, we I sent it to all my you know close friends and people in the industry uh, who could give me like what their actual like true insight on what they felt on the song, and it was like a universal everybody really loved the song. So I was nice. like, we have to get up to Nashville, we got to record this, uh, and I actually I recorded. Uh, three different versions of the song um Mm. originally in our in our minds we were thinking to it would be a ballad because it's a sad song that's called the light um and that's what we had originally and then when i was up in the studio uh working with bill um the guitarist in the studio who's like hey let's think about you know maybe making a up-tempo version of this Hmm. Um, and he said you don't have to use it but let's at least give it a shot and you'll have two versions if needed yeah and i actually uh got what i thought was going to be one version i got two out of it which was awesome and uh i also uh got to record it with uh band sound bill hines in uh, right north of Montgomery, Alabama, and he put his spin on it, which is a little bit more, um, I guess, like the song would be something that you would probably see in a movie. It has a lot of orchestral orchestra uh, instruments in it, so three sep- totally different versions, mm. but we're actually getting ready to record the video in Montgomery um, on uh, June 13th to June 15th. We got that, those dates um uh, blocked off so it's coming up here real quick but uh um and and we're going to shoot it at the montgomery performance arts center and josh sikama who did my previous videos never love me back and bridges is uh he's um gonna be directing it but uh i'm really excited for the song because this is the first song that um I guess I feel like a lot of people could relate to from losing someone special to them. And, um, and it's got a lot of deep emotion to it. Yeah. And I got, I got three great versions out of it. Um, 
And so once we get the video, we haven't, we don't have a date set yet for releasing the song, but we're working on getting a date here pretty soon. It'll okay. be this summer. Okay, so. well, very interesting about ending up with three different versions of the song. Something that occurred to me, though, as you started to describe the song being brought to you mostly done and, and you just having to contribute a little bit more to it. When you're a songwriter and someone brings a song to you that I don't want to so much say is that personal, but more so is something that you can't relate to because you haven't experienced it yourself. How difficult is it to have to come up with a little bit more to add on, knowing full well, hey, look, I've never dealt with having a mom that has dementia to be able to write to something like that. And it could be another example, which is someone comes to you and says, hey, I've got this song almost finished. I'd love you to help me finish it. It's about my husband was cheating on me. And you're like, well, not only am I not married, but <laughs> not, you know, had. So how tough is it as a songwriter to say, gosh, this person wants my help and I'm kind of flattered, but I guess I need to come up with something, even though I really can't relate to this specific situation. Well, I look at it. I take when I take songs, for instance, like with this one, uh, with a, with a loss of a close family member. I at the time, I, I take there's certain emotions that you can pull out of a song. Like if it's a sad song, it's going to be a sad song. So if you if you're dealing with a breakup or you're just really down, you feel kind of the same emotion as or not to the extent of losing a family member or. Um, or, you know, battling with what they battle with as far as like dementia. But you, you take, you pull some of the elements of your own emotion out of it and you, you, you put it in the song. And I, I honestly, I take it, you know, if I personally haven't dealt with it, I see how it affects them emotionally. And, mm. and, and if the way it affect, emotionally affects them, it affects me because I hurt for, you know, my friends. I hurt yeah. for my family. Have lost somebody or or is you know battling with okay. such things and, and I just I really and I I think about well what if that what if this was my mom right now like where would I be emotional an emotional state and yeah. you know you yeah. never really know until you actually deal with it but you kind of pull certain elements from your own uh, I guess you know sadness and, okay. and, and, and what you feel for your friends and you you really emotionally throw it in the song. Okay, okay. Well, let's talk about all this performing that you're doing in the second half of 2021. My gosh, as I mentioned, 11 dates in June, 11 in July, bookings already in August, September, October, November, and December, with more, I'm sure, still to be added. I'm excited. I'm so thankful, honestly. It's been, it's honestly been a, a blessing to, to, you know, get to play so many shows and especially in the time we're living in right now, um, just to see, you know, the vaccine out now um, and people starting to get the vaccine and uh, be more, you know, willing to go to live shows and book live uh, shows. So, I mean, it's, it's been such a blessing to, um, to book all these dates and stay busy because uh, during COVID, you know, everybody, you know, shut down. If you were pretty much in the, pretty much everybody in the music industry shut down for a while. So it's just great to get back on the road and uh, and and play like before uh, COVID hit. And it's still not exactly the same, obviously. But with the vaccine and 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 all the right uh, all the right precautions 
and people learning more about it, it's it's definitely just great to have so many shows booked. Well, and it's also a great sign that that many venues have been able to bounce back because certainly, as we know, when things were really, really dark in the pandemic, we heard about lots and lots and lots of venues that were likely going to never even reopen again. So the fact that Cameron has so, so, so many bookings, and as I said, I'm sure still more to be added, it's a good sign that the venues were able to rebound after all and and are, and are already ready to have live music there. And it's it's awesome because I, I there's a lot of people I know who there's there some of their businesses I mean they've they've run out of business so it's it's really good to see these venues coming back and and you know I you know seeing them recover from such a dark time for sure for sure well let's hear about this golf tournament that you have coming up on July first ah yes okay so this is actually my very first golf term, tournament I've ever hosted um, we're gonna have it at Lagoon Park in Montgomery Alabama. Um, and, uh, it's going to also include, we're going to have a silent auction. Uh, we're going to have a shrimp bowl as well as a concert. And there will be other options for people who have any kind of shellfish allergies or any kind of allergies like that. But, um, I'm really excited. It's been a little nerve wracking because it's, you know, (laughs) for the first time can, there's so many little details you don't think of that go into it. But I will say this, I've had so much great support. Uh, helping me out um a good friend of mine lauren harrison who's worked with golf tournament tournaments in the past she's really helping me out with it and kind of showing me the ropes so next year i can hopefully take most of this on by myself but i've had just a lot of great support from the community and uh and and from businesses of uh who have asked me to come play for them um who are going to sponsor and donate um, and we're going to also have tickets for specifically the shrimp bowl and uh, concert um, if you don't want to golf. But what I'm so excited for is it, we are raising money for the Montgomery area Down Syndrome Outreach Group. And this is my very first charity event. I've always wanted to do one. Um, and so I'm so thankful to be able to do one, especially right now still with COVID. But um I joined in with them. I was like, hey, do you guys mind? And they were like, absolutely not. Let's make it happen. And mm. um, I, I personally relate because I have a family member who has Down syndrome, and he is he's an incredible little two-year-old. I love that thing. Like, he's my little nephew, honestly. <laughs> and uh, I just go into meetings with my cousin, who's basically like my sister, and meeting all the people. I've gotten to reconnect with friends of mine. And uh, I, I think it's for a great cause because I know with COVID, you know, a lot of fundraisers, you know, kind of kind of shut down for the most part or they were virtual. So I'm just thankful to be able to have so many people support me and uh, allow this golf tournament to happen so we can raise money because all the, all the proceeds is going to go to the Montgomery area Down Syndrome Outreach. Wonderful, group. wonderful. And, and so it's your cousin's son is the two-year-old correct but she she's like she's my only cousin on on my mom's side of the family oh wow and he growing up me and my brother my sister we and her we always hung out together like non-stop like it was like she was like my sister and so i basically treat those babies like they're my nephews well and folks there is information about the golf tournament on cameron's website it's she said that it's her first golf tournament and coincidentally it's on the first 
of July. And so you can get involved as a golfer. You can just buy tickets if you just want to go see her perform and all the other activity that you can get into. Uh, or you can get involved as a sponsor. So certainly check out the information on her website to find out more about the golf tournament on July 1st. If you're going to be in that area, it is 4th of July weekend. July 1st is a Thursday, so it might be an event to start a nice long weekend for you. Cameron, we heard a lot about Nashville and Alabama, but in early May, you were out west. Where specifically were you and what all was going on out there? Well, um, I had, so I played out um, right outside of Casper, in Mills, Wyoming, and um, man, that was such an awesome experience. I got to, uh, you, we we had one night. It was uh, we where we played. It was mostly college kids, but it was a blast. And then the other night, all the cowboys came in and <laughs> and they were line dancing or swing dancing. And it was just it was it was a blast. It was my first time playing out west. I played shows in the Midwest a few times, but my first time being out West playing shows, and honestly, my first time being out West ever except for once in my life, uh, but I'd never been up to the Wyoming area or or uh, Colorado area, so man, I tell you, it was a beautiful trip. The shows were great. The audience were fantastic. They love live music, and uh, they want to get us back for the fall, so I'm really excited to book awesome. some more out west awesome yeah for sure for sure tell the audience about country rebel and what you did with them at the end of last year so uh country rebel this was really cool uh country rebel they uh picked up my song bridges and uh they wanted to do a segment uh on it so we um we we told them we would do it and i was thinking i was like thinking being from montgomery alabama uh you know hank williams this is this is where, you know, he grew up in, in his home, and it's just being, it's really cool to be a part of, like, the same kind of city, and they have a Hank Williams Museum here, and we got to thinking, and we were like, you know, I wonder if the museum will let us film at Hank Williams. Mm. So we uh, we called them, and they were very generous and said absolutely, and so we called Country Rebel back, and we are like, hey, do you guys mind if we film this segment of Bridges? at uh on in the hank williams museum mm. and they're like absolutely and they were like how about we do a hank williams segment with you singing a song wow. and a cover or a, a famous song or a very popular song cover of your liking and so we ended up getting to shoot right in front of his baby blue cadillac um mm. and we did a segment on bridges we did uh your cheating heart which was one of his greatest hits yeah and we also did Jolene, and mm. um, they did three segments on it and posted it, and it was it was really cool to get to to film with someone who is, you know, one of the greatest artists in country music. So this is still out there somewhere that people can go and look for these segments that you did. Absolutely. So if you go to Country Rebels Facebook, um, you can find it and find the videos, and also Jamie Johnson, who is a country artist uh out of montgomery alabama um he shared it to his website uh 
your um, your cheating heart. He shared that one, so it's really cool. You can find it on his page, but if you want to look at all three, you can find them at Country Rebels Facebook. Okay, okay. Well, we're gonna close today with another original song from Cameron, one called Modern Day Wonder Woman. Before I let you go and I play that song in its entirety without talking over it, tell the audience all about this song, Cameron. So uh, this song is a song I wrote in uh, Muscle Shoals with a good friend of mine, Jimmy Thrasher, and he is the greatest guy, has the greatest heart, and he came to me with the idea, and so we, I went up there, we sat down, and, and we wrote it, and it's basically for, it, this song's message is for any single mamas out there who do it all. They get their kids up, take them to school, cook and clean and work, you know, two shifts, two jobs. And uh, we wanted to kind of have an anthem for them to sing. And uh, we wanted to release it uh, before um, Mother's Day for as a Mother's Day gift to all the, the mothers out there who work so hard. And um, it's actually really cool because we just ended up hitting 37 on CDX radio. So, uh, positive country charts. So nice. I was nice. really, really excited to see that, uh, hit the charts and hoping it, it'll, uh, it'll, you know, get up to maybe the top 10 possibly hope you never know, but, uh, please give it a spin, give it a listen and get your radio stations to try to play the song. And, um, and I hope it, you know, is a message a lot of mothers out there can relate to. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Cameron, we will be watching for more new music from you this year, hopefully another video or two, and best of luck with the golf tournament as well. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed having you on Now Hear This Entertainment. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar, and piano player Cameron Dubois. Do visit her official website at CameronDubois.com. Again, I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Once you land on her website, look for the long list of dates and places where you can go see Cameron perform live. Be sure to also use the social media icons on her website to connect with her on social media. This morning, I followed her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I'm sure she would appreciate you doing the same. You heard her talk about the video for the song Bridges. Be sure to check out her official YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button while you're there, and then watch and like the videos that she has posted. For that matter, tell her you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Again, you can and should follow Cameron on Spotify, but the better way to support her is to purchase downloads of her music from iTunes. Remember as well about the charity golf tournament taking place on July 1st that you heard her talk about. You can get in touch to see about participating as a golfer, as a sponsor, or if you just want to buy a ticket to go see Cameron perform and engage in all the entertainment and activities. There is more information about that on her website as well, CameronDubois.com. As I mentioned earlier, some of you might have come to this episode of Now Hear This Entertainment specifically just to hear Cameron, and I thank you for that, but I hope that you and even other listeners who are new-ish will check out other episodes of my show, and of course that you will hit the subscribe or the follow button wherever you regularly listen to podcasts. There have been a lot of great guests over the last seven plus years, so do check out some of the 380 plus episodes that have preceded this one. And stay with me for a new episode every Wednesday. For now, that will do it for episode 383 
Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Cameron Dubois. This is the one she just talked about called Modern Day Wonder Woman. She can go to bed at one, be back up at four, have a close iron and the kids out the door before she gets one minute. We'll a whole lot. She's about to leave. She's got three jobs. She's amazing, beautiful, courageous, unknowable. The world could throw her in any storm. She's a She pays it no mind She's a special breed